This episode of the Boise Coffee Podcast is brought to you by WMF Coffee Machines. WMF is the leading international manufacturer of fully automatic commercial coffee machines, and they're proudly made in Germany. To find out more, visit wmf-coffeemachines.uk.com. Again, that's wmf-coffeemachines.uk.com. Hey everybody, Colin here. Hey, this episode is long overdue. Um, I got the idea for it at the beginning of July, and uh, I didn't get around to recording it until last week, and then I didn't get the chance to edit it until this week. Um, I'm currently working overseas with a busy schedule, so upcoming episodes may not be as timely as they usually are. Um, I'll do my very best to get episodes out on time, but I appreciate your grace and patience for times like this when I just can't do it. All right, anyways, on to the show. Hey everybody and welcome to the Boise Coffee Podcast. I'm your host Colin Mansfield. One year ago I had this crazy idea that one, people might actually want to listen to my voice and two, people might want to listen to my voice while I talk about coffee. Um, So this month marks the one year anniversary of the Boise Coffee Podcast and I want to use this episode to talk about some of the things that I've learned and some of the lessons I've taken away uh, from this last year. I'm going to do it more in a free-form format um, and a little bit less uh, scripted than I usually do. Um, I walked into making this podcast with the same delusions of grandeur that I always tend to do when approaching a new project. Um, I found that optimism is much easier to maintain before the hard work starts. Um, But I quickly found out that podcasting is, in reality, hard and thankless work. Um, I learned a lot through trial and error. And over the process of this last year, I started listening to a lot more podcasts from other people, from other show hosts and producers. And I actually had to correct my style when my wife told me I sounded a little bit too much like another podcast host that I had grown really fond of. Um, Things like that where I'd realized that maybe I wanted to tweak the show a little bit. I wanted to do it a different way. I used to do them more uh, during season one. I... I would do them more like this, more of a free form, kind of flowy format. Um, But I decided that I really liked the scripted format more, and so I transitioned to that. Um, But as I'll tell you later on in this episode, I've got some pretty cool things on the horizon, some new parts of the show that I'm really excited to introduce. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I learned a lot more than just lessons that pertain only to podcasting through this last year. However, um, I discovered a lot about making things in general both good and bad. And by making things, I mean anything. I think a lot of the lessons I'm going to talk about in this episode apply to not just audio shows like this one, but 
Um, also writing, uh, writing books or, or a blog or maybe running a YouTube channel or something like that. I think that the things that I've learned from being somebody who doesn't do this full time, this isn't my job, this isn't something that I make hardly any money off of. And so a lot of the lessons that I've learned really I think can apply to anything. And really what I found is that having an idea is the easy part. Uh, making that idea reality is the next easiest part. The hard part is getting people to actually care about what you make. And that's been my struggle with this show over the past year is how do I get how do I engage people? How do I one get the show out so that people will actually hear it and listen to it? And where are the communities that specialty coffee, where are the communities of people that gather around specialty coffee to talk about it and to share articles and, and brew methods and those sorts of things with each other and then how do I plug into that? And I've had varying degrees of success. You know, I'm not gonna come on here and say that this show has been has changed my life or has been some sort of crazy, you know, new awakening in, in coffee for me. But what I will say is that I've had a lot of fun doing this and I'm gonna keep doing it. Um, and I'm excited for the new places that the show is going to go. And I've had people reach out to me, and, you know, not a lot, but a good handful of people have reached out to me to let me know that they appreciate my show. And, and that's really meant a lot to me. So, you know, if only one person ever listens to this show, that's enough for me. Um, I'm not doing this for the, for the praise or for the exposure or whatever you want to call it. I'm doing it because I really care about coffee and I really think that sharing stories about coffee, whether it's about the history or about the people that are currently involved in it and have dedicated their lives or parts of their lives to it, that's really worth it. That's what it comes down to for me. So like I said, in this episode, I'd like to outline some basic principles and lessons that I've learned from this journey over the past year of podcasting. Um, I don't have it figured out you know, completely, and I'm not sure I ever will, and I'm constantly looking for ways to improve. So the first thing I'll talk about is that producing every aspect of my own show has been really time consuming. Um, and I and I thought that it would be when I started out. I kind of had a, a basic idea of what it would take to make this. But I was, to be honest, pretty naive. Um, I've done a lot of video editing stuff and, uh, you know, very, very informal. I haven't done it for a career or anything like that, but I've done a fair share of of video editing in my free time. And so I thought that making an audio only show would be really easy, basically. I, I thought that, you know, absent visuals, the audio side of things would, would be really easy to make. But what I found is that, of course, and looking back, this, this is very obvious to me now, but what I found is that without visuals, the quality, the audio quality really, really makes a difference. You can get away with a little bit more um, you know, if you're an amateur like me, you can get away with a little bit more on the video side if you have really great visuals and the audio is like whatever. But when it's audio only, all of a sudden things like little chair creaks or um, the mic not being close enough to your mouth or the peas, you know, when things pop, um, those sorts of things make a difference. And so to go along with that, of course, gear matters, the gear that you use and the 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 microphone and the editing software and those sorts of things. So when I started out, and if you go back and listen to the first couple episodes, it's kind of, I think it's kind of obvious now when you listen to it, but um, when I started out, I was just using my iPhone to record. 
you know, I'd, I'd put it up uh, in my living room, just sort of have it on the table and then lean in close and use that. And then I was actually editing the show using iMovie of all things, because iMovie has this MP3 only export option. And I wasn't very comfortable with GarageBand, so, and I use a Mac, so um, iMovie, however, like I said, I'd done some video editing, so I knew iMovie and I figured, well, you know, I'll just use that and do the MP3 audio only thing, and, and that'll just work. And uh, so, you know, the first couple episodes, that's what I did, and, and when I'd go back and listen to them, I was like, why does the audio just, I mean, it's, you know, I, and this was when I was starting to listen to more, um, a more wide variety of, of various podcasts. And so I was, of course, comparing my audio quality to these other shows that had been around for years. And I was like, why, why is my audio quality so much worse? And so I did some research and figured out that, um, of course, mics do matter. The kind of microphone you has you have matters. But like anything else, there's sort of the law of diminishing returns. If you're not a professional, investing a ton of money, you know, thousands of dollars into a microphone may not be the best way to get a return on your investment. You can do a lot with a little. And so I started looking at some cheaper microphones that would deliver, you know, in a good recording environment and then what software I could use. So GarageBand. Um, became the obvious go-to for me since I'm a Mac guy. And uh, I realized that, believe it or not, GarageBand, which is made to handle audio, produces a better product than iMovie when you export as audio only from iMovie. And that, that was really when I, uh, I uh, my show started to sound a little bit better. And um, so I used the Blue Snowball, which is by no means a professional level mic, it's very amateur, but it gets the job done. And uh, and it and it works well for interviews. It's got the omnidirectional um, option to it. So if I put it between two people, I can turn on the microphone on both sides. And I picked up a pop filter so that so that my P sounds wouldn't uh, be as scratchy. Um, you, you'll notice in a couple of the episodes um, the microphone spikes when I do P's. And I heard that and realized you know time to invest in a pop filter. So little things, incremental changes along the way. Another program that I use to help standardize sound quality um, after I record an episode is called Levelator. And it's an old program. You can find it both for Mac and for PC online. It's shareware, completely free, available to anybody. And basically, uh, you it's a drag and drop program, very easy. After you uh, record your, your raw audio, you just drag that file into Levelator and it equalizes the audio levels across the board. So if in one part of the episode you sound kind of loud and in another part of the episode you're maybe a little bit further away from the mic and you're quieter, it'll make those sound roughly the same. Um, And it does a lot of things behind the scenes just to make sound better in general. So I use Levelator. Um, And then another program I can recommend if if you're on the PC side of life and you you don't have access to expensive uh, editing software, Audacity is a great option. And occasionally I'll use Audacity on my Mac for some simple edits, but um, it's got a bit of a learning curve and it can be a little bit unwieldy for larger um, shows or for more complicated shows where you're dealing with several different tracks and that kind of thing. But Overall, Audacity uh, is a great way to, I think, get started and to kind of learn your way around, around editing audio. Something else I realized in the early stages of the show is that 
Uh, producing an episode every week is just not sustainable uh, for my life specifically. I, I have a full-time job with the U.S. Army, and I quickly found out that between writing an episode and recording it and editing it and then uploading it and sharing it across all social media and all that, all of those different steps that it takes to, to produce a show every weekend just became a huge hassle and it made me not enjoy doing it. Um, I also got married um, shortly after starting the podcast and so a whole new uh, you know, side of life and, and ha- wanting to spend time with my wife and figuring out how does the show fit around that uh, became a challenge but one that I really was an easy fix looking back. Um, I've transitioned to, to doing an episode every other week. Um, and of course, there have been some gaps along the way due to various work-related things. I'm, I'm currently deployed to the Middle East, so I don't have the same steady schedule that I would if I was back home. But um, I try to do them every two weeks, and that's really what I found works for my life. I mentioned earlier that coming up with an idea is the easy part. And for me, that's been true just because I, I'll get ideas from the most random places. Um, you know, I might be walking along or reading an article or talking to somebody and all of a sudden I'll get an idea for, for an episode and, and I'll run with it. But uh, what's been true across every episode that I've done and across uh, the really the entirety of this last year is that the best ideas aren't forced. So a few times when I haven't had a ready and waiting idea in my head as I've started to flush out and do some research about an episode... Um, what I've realized is that if I try to rush it, if I try to force it, then it really just doesn't work. Um, creativity I found is, is best when it's sort of flowing on its own. That might look different for you, but for me, it means that I, sometimes I just have to take a break. Um, you know, if I'm sitting down and it's like a Friday and I, you know, I, I don't have any time over the weekend to do the episode, I have to get it done on the Friday. That can be challenging to come up with an idea and then to research it and to write it all in one night, that's very challenging. And so sometimes it just means I have to walk away and I have to say, well, um, you know, it's not happening right now. I don't know what else to do. Maybe go watch a TV show or, or, uh, go on a walk or whatever that looks like. But regardless, the best ideas aren't forced. And the times when I've tried to create an episode around a forced idea, it's been very painful. Whereas the times where I've discovered an idea or come up with an idea and run with it and it, and I and I'm very excited about it and there's a lot of potential background information to research you know all of a sudden I'm two or three hours deep into writing an episode and the time has just flown by and that's when I know that I've got something really special on my hands and that the idea is really working and to kind of go along with that same idea I've become less and less concerned with the length of my episodes. When I first started out, I was I was really concerned with how long my episodes would be because I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I thought that creating a shorter show, shorter episode length would mean um, it would mean I'd have an easier time doing it every week. But what I've, what I've realized is that the episode length really, doesn't determine the amount of work that goes into making that episode. So some of the easier episodes that I've edited and and uploaded and produced have been interviews with people. Um, And some of those interviews have been the easiest things to edit because we don't have, you know, we don't go off topic. We don't, you know, we don't have a lot of ums and uhs or weird, uh, you know, things with the audio quality or whatever. 
they've just been easy. You know, that has been the case with every single interview, but but large part, those have been the easiest episodes to edit. Whereas some of my personal episodes where it's just me recording, sometimes it's hard because I'm stuttering over my words or I'm, you know, or a train goes by in the background or whatever, and suddenly the episode is, is a pain in the butt to edit. So what I found is that the episode length doesn't really matter when it comes to the length of editing time and producing time. So because of that, I decided, well, rather than committing to a certain time period, whether it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, rather than committing to that, I'll just sort of let the topic of the episode inform how long it's going to be. So some topics just take longer to explain. um, And some topics have more history behind them. Some topics it's better to distill it down. The history of coffee, I did that as a two-part episode, but those episodes were only 10 minutes each. But I did it as a two-parter because I felt like they each had their own themes to them and they each deserve to have their own sort of end encapsulated product rather than making a a 20-minute long episode that just sort of went from A to Z. I decided it it was maybe better to break it up into different time periods and and to discuss these different periods of the history of coffee in their own ways. And I think it worked. Personally, I think that that worked. Um, Other episodes have been have been similar. When I did the Aeropress episode and the Chemex episode, those were each a little bit longer than I thought they would have been because I discovered a lot about the inventors and their lives and it just needed to be a little bit longer. So I'm not really concerned with episode length anymore. Whatever time it takes to tell the story, that's how long the episode's going to be. This episode of the Boise Coffee Podcast is brought to you by WMF Coffee Machines. Their fully automatic commercial coffee machines are made with the highest quality materials and their product line covers a broad spectrum of needs. Whether you're a small business or a large corporation, WMF is dedicated to providing you with easily maintained equipment that produces high quality, fresh coffee no matter who is operating it. Their machines range from the 150F, a slim filter coffee machine with a recognizable design and 3 liter carafe, to the 8000S, a fully automated bean to cup machine complete with a touchscreen user interface and dozens of drink options. If your office is full of true coffee junkies, WMF offers an espresso machine that includes air-cooled bean hoppers, integrated grinders, automatic tamping, and even a heatable cup storage space. To see the full lineup of premium WMF coffee machines, visit wmf-coffeemachines.uk.com. Again, that's wmf-coffeemachines.uk.com.
big thing that I've realized in making this podcast is that marketing is extremely difficult, especially if it's not your full-time job or it's a self-taught thing. Here's the deal. The internet is full of people trying to sell things, right? Going back to the days of eBay, the internet has been a great place to buy and sell things. The dot-com bubble, of course, maybe not the best example, but still it kind of shows that people naturally try to leverage the internet to make money. Um, And I think that's just a reality of life. People are trying to leverage everything to make money, but the internet is certainly no exclusion from that, has no exclusion from that. So whether it's um, automatically generated advertisements on Google or it's your Facebook friend that you kind of sort of know who's trying to sell you on their multi-level marketing campaign or whatever it is, the internet is ripe with people who are trying to sell things. And I think that many of us, because of that, develop this sort of aversion or natural wariness about content on the internet. So this idea that you know, everybody on the internet is trying to sell something, even though that's that's not entirely true, really does matter to people who aren't trying to sell anything on the internet. And I found that it really matters for me. I'm I'm not trying to sell my podcast at all, right? It's it's free for anybody to listen to on iTunes, on SoundCloud, wherever, literally any place that you listen to things online uh, or any major place, my podcast is there to be able to listen to. It's accessible, but the issue is not a lot of my friends listen to podcasts. And so because of that, I can't expect them that to just listen to mine because I, because it's something that I make, if that makes sense. So on Facebook, for example, if I, if I push a link out to my new episode on Facebook, I don't get a lot of people, you know, saying, oh, what a great episode or, or having discussions or anything like that. Even though if I were to post a picture of myself um, on vacation or something, I would get a bunch of comments and a bunch of people talking about it. It's not because my friends don't care necessarily, um, although it certainly can come off that way, but it's more that they just, it's not, podcasting isn't a part of their life. And so what I found is that Facebook just isn't the best place to market my show. Twitter works a lot better. Instagram works a lot better. Pinterest to some degree works better. These are the places where people who listen to podcasts are and where the people that actively talk to me live. So I do a lot less marketing on Facebook to my personal friend groups than I do to people who I don't know personally, but who I do know enjoy talking about coffee. And and that's that's really where I have to put my effort. Marketing is, is such a weird skill, especially online. It takes effort and tenacity and skillful targeting and to some degree pure luck. Um, I had an episode that I posted on Reddit get picked up and go to the front page, which if you know anything about Reddit means that I had a a lot of people clicking to go to my blog that had never been there before. Um, My website got over 14,000 hits in two days. It was the highest traffic BoiseCoffee.org had ever seen in the seven plus years that I've ran the site by about double. It was great, but within three weeks, I was back down to normal numbers. So did I gain any listeners from that? The answer is, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did. My analytics say that I did to some degree. Um, Even if it just in the short term, people actually went on and listened to something that I made. 
that I produced that didn't exist before I made it, and that's cool. But what I realized is that I can't trust viral marketing. I can't trust that just because something gets picked up and goes, uh, you know, gets popular or whatever, I can't trust that that is going to be every episode, that that's going to be my life as a podcaster. Um, it's not. A lot of the episodes that I make, a lot of the things that I make don't go anywhere. And that's okay. Even if only five people listen to it, even if my family is the only one who listens to it, I enjoy making it. And so I've had to come to terms with that. You know, when, when, uh, at the beginning, when you're new and you're fresh and trying to get new people to listen to it, it can get discouraging when you don't get as many listeners as, you know, the article on Buzzfeed says you will or whatever. But really what I took away from that is that viral links are flashes in the proverbial pan. Um, the real test is what you do after that moment has passed. Do you chase after the crowd? Uh, or do you try to edit your content to make it more what those people will want to read? Or do you pursue what made the crowd show up in the first place? Do you keep on the course and keep making the thing that made people come and made people interested originally? And that's the path that I've chosen to take. Maybe maybe that's not the most, you know, if I was trying to make some serious money off this podcast, maybe that wouldn't be the best business decision, quote unquote. But the integrity of the show matters to me. And, and I think that if it's the only way that I feel comfortable publishing an episode is if I'm proud of it. And I, I want to be proud of every single piece that I, that I push out. So that was a roundabout way of saying that marketing is really difficult. But I think no matter what it is, whether it's podcasting or you're making art or you're making video or you're doing blog posts or, or articles or whatever the case is, I think you have to figure out what you're comfortable with. You know, and as far as changing what you have to say on your content to match who's coming to your site, how much are you writing to attract people and how much are you writing because you have something to say. That's something each of us has to come to terms with, but I found that the only way that I can really be excited about this podcast and make uh, what I consider to be good content is by being proud of that. And the only way I can be proud of it is if I stay true to what originally made me start the podcast in the first place. Another takeaway that I've had over the last year is that I solo differently than I interview. I, I mentioned this earlier, but I started out with more of a free form format where I just sort of give myself bullet points and then go and hope that it sounded okay. And I realized that scripting made things easier. It made it so that I said exactly what I wanted to say uh, rather than going off course and hitting rabbit trails and whatever else. It gave me a direction that I could steer into very easily. But I found out that I can't do that with interviews, right? You can't make a script for an interview. Um, you can give yourself questions, but ultimately the person that you're interviewing is going to respond how they're going to respond. So scripting for me didn't work. Maybe some people have figured out a way to make that work for them, but for me it doesn't. So I just had to get comfortable with doing the show two different ways, having some episodes where I solo and it's very scripted and, and formal, and then some episodes where it's a free format and where I just have to sort of interview the person and it goes where it goes and that's okay uh that's but that's something that i've that i've had to get comfortable with
It's funny, when I was first starting out, I read a lot of articles about, you know, how to start your own podcast and steps to take and where to go and, you know, and what web hosting service to use and all these different things. And nearly every article that I read mentioned the iTunes new and noteworthy section. It's a section of the iTunes store where iTunes basically places new shows, specifically podcasts, that are getting a lot of either five-star reviews or a lot of views and I think usually it's about within a month of release or, or two weeks after release or something like that. They have a, a time period where you can make it into the new and noteworthy section. You know what? I really wanted to make it. I really wanted to be featured you know, on iTunes when I first started out. But after looking back, it was an unreasonable expectation. This is the first time I've done this and that's okay. So something that I would recommend to people who are looking at starting a podcast is don't make that your goal. Your goal shouldn't be to get into the iTunes new and noteworthy section. Your goal should be to make the best show that you can make using whatever gear you have, whatever programs and software you're using, however your show is formatted, all of those things together, rather than trying to make something that's going to be popular, I think it's better to focus on making something that is going to be good. And those aren't mutually exclusive. You can have both. And if you make it into the new and noteworthy section while still kind of, you know, just focusing on the quality of your show, great. You know, good for you. That's awesome. But I would recommend not making that the focus because it kind of threw me off for a little bit when I first started trying to focus on like, okay, what are people going to want to listen to? How should I, you know, format my show to be more approachable rather than just saying, Hey, you know what? I'm going to make something. And then if people decide to listen to it and it gets picked up great, but if not, you know, Hey, at least I'm proud of it. And that's sort of the, the stance that I've taken since then. But at the beginning, it, it was a struggle for me to come to that realization. So that's what, that's something that I recommend now. The last thing I'd like to talk about is podcasting communities. And I think this is one of the least talked about things for podcasters is that there are places out there where where other podcasters meet and talk. And I'm talking about digital space, online space. Usually uh, that happens over Twitter. A lot of different people will have ongoing conversations about their podcasts on Twitter. But another popular place where podcasters hang out is on Reddit. Um, there's two subreddits that I would recommend, podcasts and podcasting. Both of them are frequented fairly often by all sorts of different podcasters, whether they are new or whether they're veterans. Um, there's people on there that will review your show, um, you know, and I mean like a personal review, like they're, they'll email you a breakdown of things that they think you can improve on and things that they liked. Um, there's people on there who will review your show on iTunes as well. Um, there's people on there that are just looking for new and interesting podcasts because that's what they do, because they enjoy finding new, you know, different kinds of content, listening to podcasts throughout the week. So I would recommend going there. If you're, if you're new to podcasting, I would recommend um, going there and publishing your, your show, posting a link to your show on there. Um, but I think this applies to anything. You know, if you are an artist, if you're a creator of some kind, I guarantee you that there is a community of people out there. 
It may not be as obvious as you would like it to be. It may not be in the place where you think it will be, but whether it's on Pinterest or on Instagram or on Tumblr or on Reddit or wherever it is, it's out there. And I would recommend finding that community before trying to publish something about that topic. So what I would say is whatever you're making, find that community and, and dive into it. Um, you know, let them know that you're making whatever you're making and, and ask questions and get involved. And, um, that's going to make your experience so much richer. I know it has for me, both the podcasting communities and also the coffee community, um, on Reddit. There's, there's a, a very lively coffee community, people sharing tips and tricks and brew methods and, um, pictures and all kinds of things. And it's really taught me a lot about the coffee community uh, across the world. So I know I covered a lot of different aspects and things, some of which are specific to podcasting and some of which are more broadly uh, applicable to whatever it is that you're making, just to making things in general. But to wrap up, the last year has been tons of effort, tons of late nights producing episodes, but it's been the most fun I've had making something. It's just been a complete blast. And I'm and I'm really excited for whatever this next year is gonna hold. I've got some cool interviews on the way. I've got some exciting prospects in the wide world of specialty coffee, um, and I'm excited. Now, before I end the episode, I do wanna announce something new about the show. I'm starting a new segment that I'm calling Coffee Breaks. And these are going to be entire episodes, you know, full full length episodes. But what I'm going to do with these is I'm going to bring on people that I know personally, whether they're friends or family or whatever. I'm going to bring them onto the show and I'm just going to sit down and have a conversation. Something that I've always wanted to do with this show is talk about things other than coffee. Um, I love coffee and there's tons of, of subject matter out there. Coffee has, it touches every every corner of culture um, and I mean that sincerely so it's not like I'm running out of things to talk about with coffee but something else that coffee is really good for is stimulating conversation and I don't know about you but some of the best conversations I've had with friends and family have been over a cup of coffee um, whether it's espresso or latte or or a delicious pour over or whatever coffee is perfect for having conversations with so I'm gonna emulate that on the show I'm gonna have people on and we're gonna share a cup of coffee. Uh, of course, it's gonna be over long distance right now because I am in a completely different country, but I've got some people lined up and, and I'm excited. So we're gonna talk about culture. We're gonna talk about politics to some degree, though don't get turned off by that. I'm, I'm, it's not gonna turn into a politics show, but, I, but there's some really interesting things going on right now, I think, in um, and sad things as well going on in 2016, whether it's in the US or abroad, that I think deserve discussion. And so I'm excited to, to talk about those things and bring people on and um, hopefully it'll stimulate conversation offline as well. So that's what the new segment is gonna look like. And uh, again, I'm calling that Coffee Breaks. So hey, to wrap up, over the last year, I have learned a ton about what it takes to make things. I've learned a ton about what it takes to make a podcast. And, and produce original content. And I just wanna give a shout out to anybody who um, who is an amateur out there who is pouring their heart and soul into creating something new. Um, I really appreciate what you're doing. I don't think people say that enough, but I, I really appreciate people who dedicate time and effort into making something because they're passionate about it. For those of you who have listened to the podcast since the beginning, 
thank you so much for supporting. Thank you so much for um, just listening in. You know, even if you've never emailed me anything, you've never tweeted at me or you've never done anything like that, you've just listened to the show, that is huge to me. So thank you. It means a lot. If you're new, hey, welcome. I'm really excited to see where the show is going to be going over the next year. And uh, thanks for coming along for the ride. So until next time, have a great rest of your week and please go enjoy some good coffee. You deserve it. Thanks for listening to the Boise Coffee Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Mansfield, as always, and I really appreciate your support. Hey, if you want to get in touch with me, you can shoot me an email, boisecoffee at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter. My handle is at boisecoffee. Additionally, I'm all over the place on social media. I've got a Tumblr, an Instagram, Pinterest. Go add me on all of them, and, uh, and we can make it a discussion there. Hey, if you liked what you heard this week, please consider leaving me a review and a, and a five-star rating on iTunes. That helps the podcast get found by other people, and it really means a lot to me. Thanks for listening, and have an awesome rest of your week. This episode of the Boise Coffee Podcast was brought to you by WMF Coffee Machines. Whether you're looking for a simple office machine or robust professional barista-grade equipment, WMF has what you're looking for. Visit wmf-coffeemachines.uk.com to find out more. Again, that's wmf-coffeemachines.uk.com.